Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about kombucha with a fellow dietitian and brewer. Well, she's a fellow dietitian, not a fellow beer brewer because I don't brew, but her name is Danielle Byers, <laughs> uh, Fiskars Byers of Physic Kombucha. But first, a little catching up. Gina, what's G? What's going on? <laughs> okay, so just a couple stories for you. So this weekend, <laughs> this is so terrible. <laughs> okay, have you ever witnessed your child falling and after they're fine, you just kind of can, you have that image of them falling in your head and you can't get over how funny it was. Yeah. That's like 99% of the time they fall. Like you're fine. Okay. Get up. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So Paige, <laughs> so we have a swing set and we have like, you know, the ha- the bars where you hang. Uh, it's, it's like a, uh, just, it's a swing of, it's a swing with bar. It's a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. We okay. The same thing. So yeah. she, yeah. So she was hanging onto it. And I like to do this thing where I grab onto her hands and really like push her on the on the swing basically, but she's hanging from the bar. So I'm pushing her. So she's flying basically back and forth, okay? <laughs> but I'm holding onto her hands. <laughs> she had just put sunscreen on. And uh, let's just say her hands were very slippery. <laughs> and she flew off that bar into the bushes behind us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was flailing in the air and landed. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, of course, I was not laughing at the time. She, the first thing she said was, I'm okay, I'm okay. But oh. then she just started crying. And it was the saddest thing. But I, I just couldn't get the image out of my out of my mind. So that was interesting. She's got cuts all over her arm. Like these like, oh. little, little cuts, little tiny, you know, uh, subcutaneous cuts. What's with nothing you and big. things flying? Your tire, your child, <laughs> yeah. like... It's so true. Who's going to be next? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my yeah. So that was that was funny, but yet sad. Yeah. She's all good. She she hit her face though. I will I mean, say. She's had she's like a good. rough summer so far. What what did Cameron do to her head with us? Oh my gosh. Yes, was she has a, a scar. It was a golf club. Yeah. yeah. And and hair is not growing there. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> She's got this little bald spot on the top of her head. It's so sad because it's right where her, you know, her hair starts, but it's but it's a little bit behind. Like if it was right where her hair started, it wouldn't be noticeable, but it's there's a little bit of a, a little patch of hair and then there's the scar. So it's like right behind where her hair starts. Oh. Enough where you can see it. Yeah, it's uh it was still relatively recent hoping it oh yeah hoping that resolves oh i my mom my mom who is a nurse i don't know that she knows everything about you know scars and scabs so she knows quite a bit she says that most likely hair will never grow there but i don't know put some rogaine on her (laughs) see if that helps for the rest of time cameron (laughs) you did this to me yeah oh my gosh i use rogaine it's such a pain in the butt anyway okay so another funny story we went to a drive-in theater there we I was told about a local Ohio museum that was doing a drive-in theater once a month during COVID and during this time where they're basically not open this theater or this um museum did I say Ohio theater it's an Ohio museum and they're doing just basically a drive-in theater once a month throughout this time where when they're not open okay 
So the tickets were free. That should have been my first clue that this was not going to be that spectacular. We pulled up to this quote unquote theater. I kid you not, Nicole, the, the screen was probably four feet by six feet. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hilarious. I, I couldn't, I mean, we were like, wait a second, is this? And they're probably the like, make sure there's at least six feet between you and every other car. Yeah. You know? No, they didn't. They didn't let us put our windows down. So we had to keep our windows up. Oh. Yeah. And and I signed up for the 430 showing. So it was still light outside. The, the movie was Jurassic Park, which was relatively dark. Okay. So the sun, the dark screen, we could barely see it. It was, I cannot believe we stayed the entire time, but we did. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was something to do and it was free <laughs> and we enjoyed ourselves. It was still fun. And we had our rental car and we totally trashed it. Oh my gosh. Because we, we brought, we got uh, food with us that uh-huh. we ordered out for dinner. And I, I guess I thought we'd be able to, you know, put up the trunk and, you know, kind of, you know, we, we even brought chairs to put out. I thought it would be like a six foot distance type thing, but no, it was, we got there, we had to stay in our car, roll up all the windows, keep our car on the whole time and tune into a radio station. It was Aww. super lame, but a good story to talk about. And, and the movie was, was good, that's <laughs> but that's all I have. That's the only catching up I have. What about you? Uh, well, I've mentioned I were required to whittle down our PTO. Um, and last week I was off Monday and Wednesday. This week uh, I took a today's Monday. I took a half day today of PTO. Yeah. Mark's like, how is this new like work life balance going for you? I'm like, it's going great. Like when I actually have and I'm off next Monday, I have a friend coming into town. Uh, when I actually have to work a full week, it's going to really suck. Um, so far, it's been like a month. And I haven't worked like a full week. Um, oh my gosh. It's lovely. So like last week I went to the beach in the morning after dropping off the kids, came home, worked out, had lunch, took a little like quick body shower, went back to the beach for four hours and just read my book. Jeez. And the water temperature amazing. is amazing. And I love being out. We live in a, you know, a tourist town. There's no tourists, very few anyway, uh, you know, during yeah. the week, during the I mean, it's like I have a private beach. It's amazing. I, I know yeah. exactly where to park because I'm a local and I can schlep all my stuff to the beach and I the water temperature is amazing. I'm I'm just happier than a clam. Uh, today, <laughs> I did not go to the beach because I only had a half day. I uh, spent some time getting caught up on podcast stuff and blog stuff. And then I put up our hammock and I did read out there for a little bit and then got in my workout. Uh, but yeah, I am thoroughly enjoying PTO. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Uh, <laughs> a blessing and a curse, I guess. I'm, I'm not complaining about having to use it anymore. I was a little bitter, but um, yeah. And then this weekend we picked cherries, blueberries, and black raspberries. Have you ever had black raspberries before? I don't think so. No. They're really good. Okay. Um, so how are they different than a raspberry? They're like a red smaller one. and I would say okay. not quite as sweet. They're probably packed with fiber. Um, huh, okay. They're almost like they taste more like a blueberry to me, but they look more like a raspberry. Hmm. That's okay. Interesting. So we had them this morning with chocolate granola, like with milk over the top. Um, the bomb. They so were good. really good. Yeah. Um, and then Marcos, will you make a cherry crisp? I was like, sure. Well, the cherry crisp that I I'll post it on our show notes. I love my cherry crisp recipe. I have been making it for years. It's like a hybrid of a bunch of different recipes, but it calls for 10 cups of pitted cherries, which is like three and a half pounds. 
Oh, Let yeah. me tell you, it takes some time to pit all those cherries. And I was like, you know what, husband? I picked these cherries. I pitted these cherries. And now I'm making you a damn apple, uh, cherry crisp from scratch. He ate like a third of it last night. It was good. Oh, it was worth it. You made him happy. Good. I made him very happy. Um, so I... When we're when we sign off tonight, I'm going to make sure that there's still a little left. Uh, there better be. He better not have finished it. <laughs> no promises, Gina. No promises. It is really good. Um, yeah, that's that's basically all that's going on in Michigan with my life. Um, just enjoying the beach. Got some good summer color going on, even with my commitment mm. to my sunscreen. Uh, yes, it's all good. All right. So before we dig into Booch, uh, just a favor to ask. If you're loving the show, please consider writing us a review. If you have not yet done so, reviews mean a lot to us and help others find our show. Uh, We'd appreciate it so much. So uh, before we bring Danielle on the show, I just wanted to talk a bit about kombucha as it's really considered the fastest growing product in the functional beverage market uh, with estimated sales of 1.8 billion by the end of this year, according to Forbes magazine. Uh, So domestic kombucha sales have a combined annual growth of 25%. And that's just between 2015 and 2020. Uh, I would say picking up steam even even still. Uh, so kombucha is an effervescent probiotic beverage made using tea, sugar, and what's called a scoby, as well as thyme. So we'll talk to Danielle a bit more about the brewing process, uh, but it creates probiotics and organic acids that promote a healthy GI tract, uh, which is crucial for immune support, energy, mood, and much more. I don't know a ton about kombucha other than its nickname, Booch, and I absolutely love it. I don't know, Gina, do you have anything to add? No, but I agree. It's, I mean, I'm drinking it again right now. (laughs) Are you? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and we'll jump in with Danielle. Here we go. Danielle, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I had the idea to bring you on the show when your mom and I worked uh, the same COVID screening shift at the hospital during all this craziness. I think we were stuck in the hospital one night to like 8 p.m. together and She just gushed over all that you're doing and just such a proud mama, all that you're up to. Uh, One of those things being your kombucha business or kombucha business, uh, physic kombucha, right? Kombucha. I always say it a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, How do you say it? I say kombucha. Physic kombucha. Yeah. I don't don't think it really matters. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, I've had it. It's amazing. Uh, and I've had some pretty gnarly booch. Uh, some of it is not so good. Uh, and I know you and I would know one another from the health system where you worked at one time. But since that time, you've been super busy in life. So give me give us a little <laughs> bit of an update, um, including how you kind of came into the kombucha business. Yeah, I've popped around a little bit since leaving the healthcare system. Uh, primarily in independent contracting work in the field of dietetics. Um, and, and that's been a great experience. I have always known that I wanted to do something more on the entrepreneurial side and wasn't quite sure how that would fit. Um, I met a, a friend of mine through church and she wanted to set, start a cold press juice business and started asking me uh, questions about that. So I dug in and did some research and we talked more at that time. I was homebrewing kombucha. And we, um, through a process of going through a food incubator, came to the conclusion that if we put the two things together, we have a winning product. So that that's the short story of how we landed uh, with our kombucha. 
Awesome. All right, Danielle, I do not know much about kombucha other than the fact that I love it. In fact, I'm drinking it right now. Me so, too. Is everybody <laughs> I mean, drinking kombucha? I, I usually don't. I usually drink it in the morning around 10 o'clock. Not, not because I think that there's anything special about 10 o'clock. It's just usually when it fits into my schedule. But I was like, I have to have it while I'm podcasting today. <laughs> so I know very little about it other than it's good for us and it's tasty. So can you give us a high level overview of the process to make kombucha and also give us a little insight as to what the heck is SCOBY? Sure. Yeah. So very similar to beer or wine, it is a fermented product. Um, the base is going to be different, obviously, than a beer or wine. So we start with a tea and then you add sugar to that tea and then starter kombucha. So it's going to be kombucha that's fermented a little bit longer. So it's going to be more concentrated in those um, acids and probiotics. That's going to help convert that sugar that we put in the base of the tea over into the healthy acids and probiotics that you get in the final product. The SCOBY is almost like the catalyst for that. So SCOBY mm -hmm. stands for a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. So those guys will eat up that sugar and make all of those wonderful properties that make kombucha so good for you. Hmm. Huh. Okay. It sounds simpler than I thought, I guess. I mean, not yeah. simple, but I don't think anything about brewing anything or fermentation is easy. But um, has everybody, can we agree that some booch is pretty not good tasting? Yes. I think, I think it's similar to beer or wine, right? It all exists on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And because everyone's taste buds are so specific to them, you'll get some people that really like a super in-your-face vinegary kombucha and other people who like it really, really mild. Um, mm -hmm. And all of it is good for those people who enjoy it. It's just a preference thing. <laughs> That's an I interesting way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And I mean, I guess my taste buds really like your kombucha. <laughs> so what well, that's you, good news. <laughs> so what would you say kind of your secret sauces or, or what makes yeah. um, your kombucha, um, you know, specific, like what makes yours profile wise in flavor a bit different? Yeah, um, there are a couple of things that I think contribute to the flavor profile we have. Um, we and I think a lot of brewers do this, measure the pH of the product as it's brewing to make sure that it's within that sweet spot um, through a lot of R&D. Uh, we have discovered that within a certain range, we get the best tasting product for our shelf life is about six to eight weeks. And we intentionally put our, our shelf life shorter than most other kombucha brands on the market because mm. we realize that it's a living product. It's going to continue to ferment in the bottle and it's going to change that flavor profile. So I think a couple things that contribute, th those are two big things. We really monitor the pH. We have a shorter shelf life. I think the third thing is, uh, again, just we use really quality ingredients and then we do a lot of R and D and we cold press all of our juices. So we're never going to be using like powdered things, which can alter the taste of them once they're reconstituted, I think. Um, and because kombucha is living, sometimes things don't interact well with <laughs> what it's, it's made of, which isn't a bad thing. It's just the reality of a living product. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, maybe I missed this, Danielle. You said you have cold pressed juices. Is that separate from the kombucha? Okay, so you're selling kombucha and and cold pressed juices, or is it part of yes. the kombucha? Yeah, let me clarify. So we we don't add any additional sugar during okay. that second fermentation. We just flavor our kombucha with cold pressed juices or whole fresh fruit. Okay. Now, so do some companies add extra sugar then after that fermentation process? Correct. Yeah. So additional yeah. sugar will help build up the carbonation, but it also spikes oh. the alcohol content. Oh, why is that? Because it ferments more? Yep. It's a, so as the yeast and the bacteria convert the sugar into the probiotics, a byproduct of that process is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I have noticed that there's a, a wide range of sugar content in the different kombuchas that I find on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always curious about that. Would, does that then mean that the ones with more sugar have more alcohol? Not necessarily. Uh, some of the larger companies are coming up with ways to remove some of that alcohol. Okay. Um, through very fancy and expensive processes. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> yes. I tend to not even like the ones that are that have more sugar in them. I just it just tastes like juice to me. I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. anything special. That's kind of one of the reasons why I like the kombucha is because it does have a little bit of sweetness, but not so much where it's something I don't necessarily enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't love sweet drinks. Uh, I don't know, and I, it just it's just the perfect amount of sweetness for me. Sweetness and acid, and yeah, I, I like that. The ones that have all the sugar in, I just don't find that I enjoy it as much. Okay, so right. I don't want to get us too off track, but how much sugar then in say, I mean, a standard like on the shelf kombucha is like 16 ounces. How much sugar would be typical? I think typically what they recommend as a serving size is eight ounces. So there's typically Mm -hmm. anywhere between six to 10 grams Mm -hmm. in a, you know, run of the mill um, kombucha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Okay, Danielle, can you share a bit about the science? I'm really uh, curious about this, the science behind the health and nutrition benefits of kombucha and then what those specific health benefits are. Yeah, I think the the biggest health benefit you're going to get is the fermentation. So you're getting all of those probiotics. Um, Again, it's a living food. So we know that yogurt's really good for us. We know that sauerkraut's really good for us. And as we help to feed the gut, that's going to help us become healthier as, mm-hmm. as a person overall. Um, so I think that is the biggest driver for the health kick around kombucha. But then you also have beneficial things like the acetic acid. So all of the benefits that you hear around um, apple cider vinegar, some of those things that can help balance um, you know, gut and stomach, that you're going to get that with the kombucha because it, it does have acetic acid in it. Wait, I'm sorry. Acetic acid is vitamin C, right? Ascorbic acid is vitamin C. Oh, that's a, oh my gosh. Wait, what's a C? What's, so it's a, it's an acid. How does that differ from like a citrus acid? What is special about acetic acid? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, The specifics, I'm not super familiar with the specifics around acetic acid. I do know that it helps um, with that balance in your gut bacteria. Okay. So I think it, I think it's just one of those things that helps to keep your flora healthy and happy. Okay. Yeah. 
Awesome. And then I get this question a lot. Actually, someone was over at my house the other day while I was drinking kombucha. And of course, she started grilling me about all these questions like, what time do you drink it? And how much should I drink every day? And and I didn't know the answer. And I don't I don't know if you do, but as far as the nutritional benefits, do you have any idea about how much should be consumed in order to get those benefits? I think it's very individual for each person. Some mm-hmm. people, uh, for example, my parents, they take like a little shot glass or I guess not a little shot glass, like four to six ounces most mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's perfect for them. My dad will say, you know, I, I definitely feel better. I feel like uh, my system's happier overall when I am consistently drinking my kombucha. And for other people, it's eight to 12 ounces. Um, I would okay. say start slow. Um, as, as we talk to people at farmer's markets or when we are doing, when we used to do in-store demos, I should say, uh, you know, we always recommend start with about four ounces, see how your system tolerates it because everyone is unique and your floor is unique to you. And, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes those bugs can play really well with the bugs that you have and other times they don't. So mm-hmm. it, it's all a matter of individuality, I would say. As far okay, as, does, sorry, go ahead. As far as timing, I don't think it really matters. Um, okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah, it, I, it's best. I figured that. Mm-hmm. I, it's just so funny the questions that you get as a dietitian, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what time? What time should you drink it? I don't know. You drink it at ten o'clock. Is that is that the right time to drink it? No, that's just when I drink it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and and I know that it's really good to consume a prebiotic and a probiotic you know, together. In fact, for IBS and for general gut health, they even are recommending prebiotics more. Are there prebiotics in kombucha? Not that I am aware of. I think some brands are adding some in, but I don't think it would exist naturally. If you were doing a juice with a pulp, I suppose you could say. Sure. That would be a prebiotic, but no, I don't think in most brands. Okay. So maybe chase your kombucha with some garlic or something. There you (laughs) go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you've kind of already answered this question, but I'm going to go ahead and answer it. The reason why bottles of kombucha say that children and uh, pregnant women should not drink it, is it because of the alcohol content? Yes. Yep. So it is a, a, I think a level three risk is what they categorize it um, for breastfeeding and pregnant women. Um, Again, I think if you have been drinking kombucha, you know it's a brand that tests tests their product. I would say you're safe to stay within that like four to six ounces a day. Um, what we've told people, some of our moms who before they got pregnant were drinking kombucha, water it down with some sparkling water so you can still mm-hmm. get some of those benefits um, and and have your quote unquote normal serving, but you're not, you know, being the guinea pig. <laughs> If there's going to be negative side effects. <laughs> right, right. I, I do give it to my three-year-old and I didn't okay. even really, I, I always knew it, they said not to give it to young children, but I was just like, whatever. I didn't realize it was because of alcohol content. I mean, I'm not, I don't give him that much. He probably right. drinks two, two ounces, like once or twice a week because he doesn't get yogurt in his diet or any probiotics. So I just figured mm-hmm. it wouldn't hurt him. Uh, yeah. But that's good to know. Do they, have, do they list the amount of alcohol that's actually in the kombucha on the bottle? They don't, do they? No. I haven't they seen don't. that. So for it to be listed as an alcohol-free kombucha, it has to be below 0.05% alcohol in a serving. 
Um, okay. You'll see on some bottles of kombucha now that you have to be 18 years or older to buy it. Oh, oh wow. Or, I'm sorry, 21. Um, okay. <laughs> and that's because they've found that as the product sits on the shelf, it continues to ferment, which means mm-hmm. that it may have a higher alcohol content towards the end of its shelf life than it did when it was bottled and tested. Huh. It's it's interesting. I this is so random. Did you ever watch that show Love or not Love? You. It's called You. Yes. Okay. The guy was an alcoholic and he drank kombucha instead of alcohol. And now I'm like, maybe he shouldn't have. <laughs> That's so random. But anyway, Gina, I told you I feel tipsy <laughs> yeah. sometimes after I drink kombucha. Do you yeah, really? When, mm-hmm. when we I've first never started home brewing. I um would give it to my husband. He's you would say like, this tastes like a light beer. <laughs> I'm like, that's probably why I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So yeah. I've never, I've never felt alcohol effects after drinking kombucha. Well, my mm. kids will only drink Danielle's kombucha. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found another one that they like. Um, but I'm curious, do you see a certain theme or like a health pursuit that is kind of a commonality in kombucha drinkers? Or is there a person that you would say it's best for? And then Somewhat similarly, do you? I, I just kind of see a close um, parallel with like the craft beer industry and mm-hmm. that whole explosion. Do you see those two? Um, do you, I mean? Do you see any kind of relationship between those two oh, brewing totally. processes? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 very similar in a lot of ways, and in the same way that uh, the craft beer industry has just exploded. Uh, you're seeing kombucha companies pop up left and right. And I think that's really exciting. Um, You know, it can be daunting as a small business owner at times, but I think there's space for everyone on the market and how awesome that we have a variety of products that are all unique and consumers get to try a variety and enjoy a variety. I don't think most people have one type of craft beer that they will only buy. And in the same way, I would hope that People like to buy and enjoy a variety of different kombuchas. As far as um, like what a typical kombucha drinker is, um, we definitely had a picture of who we thought our target market would be when we started this. And we've just found that it's all of it's that market and on both ends of the of the other side. So from people that you wouldn't quote unquote, assume would drink kombucha, you know, they are oftentimes the people that come back week after week. Um, so I think it's just an awareness. And then if you like it or not, um, and, and if you're willing to try it multiple times, I think a lot of people try it and they're like, yeah, that's not for me. Uh, but if you're willing to give it a couple more sips, you might find that it grows on you. Interesting. Um, so I, I guess I'm curious <laughs> what you said makes me curious. What did you, I mean, cause that's part of business <laughs> development really is like, mm-hmm. who is your target audience? Like, what would you say? I mean, you live in Kalamazoo, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, oh, they have the best beer too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hate to say it because I'm a <laughs> diehard OSU fan, but I mean, it's Kalamazoo. I'll, I'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> But they have Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, which is my favorite beer. Bell's in general. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous of you right now. (laughs) Gina, you really just need to move to Michigan because it's Uh, 
so amazing. Uh, <laughs> Nick would die before he moved to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing about Ohio and look where I ended up living for That's two years. <laughs> um, but I guess, Danielle, are, if you're willing to share, like what was yeah. kind of your, what did you guys kind of, tar- who were you targeting in those yeah. initial days before you mm-hmm. kind of grew as a business? Yeah. We were thinking college age to young professionals. Um, mm-hmm. Kalamazoo is obviously a college town and there are a lot of young professionals there. So we had set up our branding and, and our our look, if you will, to interest college students and then those young professional moms, um, moms and dads, really, and young families um, who might want to fit something healthier into their diet. But we also realize that people are really busy as a college student. I mean, I remember what that was like to juggle working and classes and homework and still trying to be a healthy eater and take care of myself through school. And then as a young professional, um, again, you're still busy. You're still trying to find your footing. You're trying to figure out how to work out and still have a social life and keep on top of work and excel there. So we wanted to create a product that would fit in people's on-the-go lifestyle, but still provide the health benefits um, that they're looking for, that they that they desire to fit into their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to go back to what I think you said, Nicole, uh, or I don't know who it was that said this, but it's so true that you might taste it just to taste it and see if you like it and might not like it at first, but then come back and find mm-hmm. out that you actually do love it. Cause that definitely happened with me where I work. We actually have a cold brew, uh, kombucha on tap and we kind of cycle through different flavors. And the first time I tried it, I was just like, oh, I do not like it. But I just don't think I was very open-minded. I was just, mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't that into it. And then it took a, a couple tries and now I'm pretty much addicted. So it's yeah. kind of like what they say about kids, you know, keep giving it to them. They might actually one day turn out to like the food. The 15 bite rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Take 15 sips. Yeah. Okay. Is there an upper limit or a point of too much kombucha? Yes. I'm going to say yes, because um, I can't remember the exact article, but I think a lady in Kentucky, maybe I had drank so much and it actually (laughs) like damaged her liver. So yes, there's an upper limit, but I think you have to like be drinking obscene amounts of it. And not drinking anything else. So what, why would it damage her liver? Like I'm trying to figure that out because of the alcohol. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's so odd. Okay. But I do remember huh. as we were doing research, as we started that I came across this article. It's like, I don't know. At that point, it wouldn't even be enjoyable. Right. No, it would not. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you think eight-ish, like a general recommendation you would say is like eight-ish ounces a day? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely people that will finish a whole bottle, like a 16-ounce bottle. Uh, that's what we mm-hmm. started with. Um, we're 16-ounce like bottles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, I just find it again, tastes I think it's the all- best when it's consumed shortly after opening. I know, Gina, you mm-hmm. you close your bottles <laughs> up. but um, I do. Uh and I guess I was going to ask a bit off script, Danielle, but can you tell us a bit about just like your business model in Southwest Michigan and like, what does this hustle look like? Like, where are you guys distributing? <laughs> what, what yeah. does this, 
business play out like? Yeah, uh, it has been an adventure for sure. We have grown much faster in the two plus years that we've been in business than I had anticipated. Um, I mentioned this earlier. We started with a food accelerator, uh, food incubator camp, the Can Do Kitchen in Kalamazoo, and that was uh, a huge benefit to us to learn more about the ins and outs of the food industry. And then I had also been consulting with a food consulting company. Um, and there I learned a lot about what it takes to be a small business food owner or, you know, be a small business owner within the food and beverage industry. Not knowing that the beverage industry is the harder of the two to make it in. <laughs> so <laughs> ignorance is bliss in some degree. But we are in production Mondays and Wednesday evenings. Uh, we rent a commercial kitchen space in Portage and we work typically anywhere between three to five hours um, in the evenings and production looks like brewing, making all the cold pressed juice um, and then bottling, flavoring and bottling um, the kombucha. So we started out with a seven gallon tank um, and within the last two years, we now have two 100 gallon tanks and one 132 gallon tank. Um, and when we are operating at full capacity, those are running three week cycles. So we are every single week we are, um, brewing and bottling and just mm. rotating through those tanks. We started with hand labeling our bottles and we have recently gotten, um, a labeler, which is amazing. We can, mm. we can label like, I think 200 bottles an hour now. And before it was wow. like 50, 25 <laughs> to 50. So. Uh, we have learned the hard way in some ways how to be inefficient and now how to be efficient. So we keg all of our flavors now to bottle it, which makes it a whole lot faster rather than um, we were just siphoning things out of the big tanks, uh, bigger tanks and carboys once they had been flavored into bottles. So um, we're just learning how to make things more efficient and still be cost effective for us. And you are in like how many retail storefronts across yeah. kind of Southwest Michigan? Yeah. So before COVID, <laughs> <laughs> we were in quite a few restaurants and that, that obviously the shutdown of restaurants has affected that portion of our business. But um, anywhere between 30 and 40 retailers between uh, hmm. St. Joe, Kalamazoo, Portage, Lansing, and Ann Arbor, and Plainwell. So. Wow. Are you going to go on Shark Tank? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are not um, seeking funding at this time. Luckily, we have been able to reinvest um, a lot of the profits back into the business and, and have been self-sustaining so far. It would be an awesome opportunity for publicity to be on Shark Tank, but yeah, there is some tough deals um, as far as <laughs> the margins of what you're getting. So, yeah, probably not in our future, but it it would be a fun experience for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, before you wrap up, Nicole, I just have a question. I'm probably going to sound incredibly naive, but I'm going back to the question I asked about why pregnant women and children can't drink it. Does it also have to do with the fact that the cold pressed juice is not pasteurized and if, or do the probiotics kind of cancel that out? So we do have to pasteurize our juice. Um, ah. We do a quick pasteurization. 
And that's by law. We have to do that. Um, oh, okay. We are, yep. We're inspected by the health department. Um, we, we love Scott K. That's our health inspector. He's <laughs> been awesome to work with and, and really educating us on how to do things well and making sure that we are armed with the knowledge that we need to be successful and okay. create a safe and healthy product. Um, so yes, we do pasteurize our juice, but I, I, and that could just be a Michigan law. So there could be other states that aren't required to do that, but because mm-hmm. it exceeds that three days, um, you would have to pasteurize the juice, meaning it's on the shelf longer than three days. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Gina, I don't know if you remember this or Danielle, if I told you this, but Brian, who does our editing, lives in Kalamazoo. Yes. And when we mentioned that we were going to interview you on the show, uh, he was like, I love her kombucha. So he is like a local, you have like a local fanboy. So yes, fun. I love it. It is so surreal. Whenever I see someone out with our bottles in the wild, it yeah. always, like, it just doesn't feel real despite being in this like grind week after week. And we've been doing this for two plus years. It just like, it doesn't, it's just so weird to see people like, Oh, I love this because I've had that connection with brands before, but you don't, I don't, it's just a, it's a, such an awesome and rewarding experience to know that people enjoy something that you've put so much work and love into. Yeah, I bet. You've done a lot since you left the health system and it's been really fun to watch and uh, follow along. And you're so involved with our, you know, our state organization, at, you know, for dietetics and Uh, We just really appreciate you coming on the show, appreciate the opportunity to learn more about, you know, just this rapidly growing functional beverage, um, just industry. And uh, for listeners wanting to learn more about you or Physic Kombucha, tell us where it best to find you. And then we'll also include all those links in the show notes. Well, thank you for having me. It was great to catch up with both of you. Gina, it was so nice to meet you. Um, It's always (laughs) fun to talk about something that takes up so much of my time. And that is, you know, it's really fun and exciting. And I get to share this with people. Um, To find us, you can search Physic Kombucha and we should come up. We have a website and then you can also find us on all the socials. So we're on Facebook and Instagram at Physic Kombucha. Um, And keep it, you know, it's a great way to keep updated on where we are, um, where we're selling. We will keep people updated on if we get into a new retailer. And then we also post really fun cocktail recipes. So if you've ever wondered about a kombucha cocktail, there are lots to choose from on our Instagram feed. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to check that out. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, you're on the road. So turn that air conditioning back on. (laughs) Yes. And have a great vacation right now. (laughs) Pre-detox. Too funny. Well, thanks so much, Danielle, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Danielle. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, Gina. um, Before we go, favorite new product, Mom Win, what you got? Okay, you're going to laugh, but this is another food and nutrition magazine recipe that I actually made for the 4th of July. (laughs) Nick was like we need to make a really delicious dessert. He just is, has a major sweet tooth. And I was like, okay, I'll make a chocolate cake. And so <laughs> I found this recipe. I'm chuckling because I'm looking at what this decadent dessert includes. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was topped with ice cream. Okay. So it was avocado and prune cake. That's not what it was called. It was actually called chocolate, what, what, coconut topped chocolate cake is what it was called. Okay. But it had avocado and prunes in it. In fact, that was the main ingredient. There was some whole wheat flour, prunes, and avocado. And we topped with a little bit of of coconut, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know if I added the coconut on top. But anyway, I think that the recipe was delicious. I thought it was decadent. It was almost, it was like a brownie, a really, really moist brownie, but not quite as sweet, which I liked because then I topped it with, you know, a dollop of um of just some really good vanilla ice cream and some whipped cream and some berries. So it was perfect. I thought it was delicious. And I even still have some of the the cake. It's more like a brownie. I don't know why it's called a cake, but it is I would say it's more like a brownie and I still have some left over that I'm that I've been eating. I thought the recipe was delicious. My mom liked it. Even my mother-in-law who never eats sugar uh ate some and said it was really really good. Okay, so. and Nick and the kids so Cameron did enjoy them. Paige has is not completely sold. She she it's like hit or miss with her. Some days she's like, I want one of those and she'll eat it. Other days she's like, ew, gross. So I don't really know whether she likes them or not because she's definitely taken one to the face a couple times, but I <laughs> taking it to the when dome. When you say that, all I think about is making his Metamucil. Oh, goodness. Chugging the Metamucil. Uh. Uh, so I'm not really sure. I I, I yeah, I don't know, but it, I think it's worth trying if you're if you're looking for a, uh, I don't want to say a healthy dessert, but a more nutrient dense dessert that is still, yeah, yeah, and and it, it will still I think quench your sugar cravings. Okay, yeah, all right, I would try it for sure. Uh, I would be concerned that I would be the only one eating it. I'd probably be <laughs> giving it to my neighbors. Yesterday we hey. took, delivered some cucumbers to our neighbors. And yeah. in return, she gave me peanut butter cookies. I'm like, wait, oh. <laughs> like, I'm giving you vegetables and you're giving me peanut butter cookies. My kids are like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> what else can we give her? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're like, would you like some basil? I also have basil to offer. Um, some green tomatoes. Uh, okay. So my mom win is an Aldi find. Okay. And Mark found it, but I'm taking credit for the show. Um, it is a rosé sangria. Okay. And it is sweet, but it's not super sweet. What I okay. like most about it is it's only 7% alcohol, where sangria would typically be, I mean, when I make sangria, it's wine plus vodka. So it's pretty oh. darn, yeah, potent. Yeah. Um. So this, I would say, is like a, like a, a sipping sangria. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Something that's Do a you- little less, yeah, boozy. So it's not real sweet because I think of rosé as sweet. I think of sangria as sweet. How is it not that sweet? Okay, it is sweet. I'm not saying okay. it's not. But if you Got it. it's not I mean, it's not like moscato sweet. It's not offensive sweet. It's to me mm-hmm. like refreshing sweet. I don't know. Okay. I actually love sangria, but I much prefer it with red wine. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a red wine person. I don't love mm. white wine. I just, I never have. And I had sangria for the first time with red wine and I would never try it any other way. But I just, because I just really don't like sweet. I don't even really like rosé. Mm. Um, but it's not about me. I mean, I'm sure there's other listeners who will love to try this, but it's just not my, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I, to me, it's 
it's not fine wine, right? Like it's, it's sure. like a summer <laughs> sipping. Um, it's like great to go to the beach or if you're on the boat or I don't know, like doing summer stuff to me, it would be perfect for that. It's not yes. what I would choose like on the daily, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's more a, a summer wine or kind of like a beginner's wine, you uh, know, yes, like a beginner's right? wine. Yes. Yeah. But it comes in a box. So oh, okay. you can keep it like in your fridge for guests or I don't know. I think it's three liters that comes in there. Two, three liters. I'm not sure. We, it's not done okay. yet, but it's hanging out in the fridge. All okay. right. So I would recommend trying it at least. Um, okay. Read a review. So Lori Binder. Um, <laughs> Binder. Uh, I always say her last name wrong. I actually, she's been a longtime blog reader, but she says, I learned so much. Ladies, the latest episode, number 52, I learned so much about gardening. Oh, here we go. In different areas. <laughs> and I've been gardening for more than 30 years. I planted three weeks ago. I'm in the Phoenix area, so I love tending my seed and plant babies. The recipes <laughs> will all be tried uh, as I gather ingredients, just as I try all of Nicole's recipes. Oh, and I went, want to make lemon tarts now. Sorry, Mark. Um, this is, I guess that was the episode where I said Mark didn't like the tart. Uh, having <laughs> guys, having the guys on was a nice surprise. I enjoyed listening very much and learning new things. You are very entertaining, and my hubby even listens with me now. So, oh, yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Lori. And coming up on August 2nd, we will be dishing with a newly doctrined mom of two boys about postpartum during COVID and also getting some Q&As answered on lactation and breastfeeding with uh, a certified lactation consultant whose name I do not know. What's her name? Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. Okay, until next time, everyone, be well, and Nicole will talk to you soon. Bye, Gina. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.